Hey there! Did you know Kroger always gives you savings and rewards on top of our lower-than-low prices? And when you download the Kroger app, you'll enjoy over $500 in savings every week with digital coupons. And don't forget fuel points to help you save up to $1 per gallon at the pump. Want to save even more? With a Boost membership, you'll get double fuel points and free delivery. So shop and save big at Kroger today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When you download the Kroger app, you have easy access to savings every day. Get the most out of weekly sales and receive personalized coupons to save on your favorite items, all while earning one fuel point for every dollar spent. Kroger makes it easy to save while you shop, whether it's in-store or online, so you get the most value out of every trip, every time. Download the Kroger app now to save big on your next purchase. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Must have a digital account to redeem offers. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. Good afternoon, everyone, and uh, welcome to our NeuroDigest show. I am your host, Sylvia Moramo Chabo from Andy Speaks for Special Needs Persons. And here on the Special Needs Hangout, where we host various professionals and discuss matters, special needs, and main focus being the neurodevelopmental disabilities and all the challenges that we are going through, especially now during the pandemic, that is COVID-19. We have purposefully converted our NeuroDigest show so that we are able to equip you as a caregiver to be able to stay at home with your child, nurture, nurture them well, and uh, everything continues to the best of your ability. And today we shall be having a very, very sensitive topic, and that is menstrual hygiene in girls. And we all know uh, girls with intellectual disabilities actually have a hard time wrapping around um, what is going on physically, what is going on also with everything else. And we hope that today we will be able to lighten a bit of that and um, we have a pro that is Winnie, who's been doing this for a very, very long time. And we hope that you will be able to join us. We will be having also our interpreter, as usual, Maureen Maita. Thank you for being on board with us and for supporting us in this. And um, we'll go straight to Tate. Winnie, I hope you're there with us today. Yes, I'm here. Okay, please introduce yourself so that people can get to know who we are hosting today. Okay. My name is Ningala. Yeah, and quite thank you. Hey, Winnie, uh, your network is a bit lagging behind, so I hope uh, Maureen is able to catch up and myself, <laughs> so we lost you for a minute. Sylvia, now yeah. Sorry. Okay. 
Are you getting me now? Yeah, but it's a bit slow, but we'll, we'll make do with uh, what we get. So you can get us clearly on your side? Yes, yes, I can. All right, so Candy, let's take it to the top. Candy, please introduce yourself uh, so that at least our viewers can be able to get your name and uh, what you do and for how long so that at least you have a bit of background. Yes, my name is Winnie Ngala. Uh, special needs teacher at Kenya Community Center for Learning. I have my very passionate about working with special and I'm glad to be in the show today. Thank you. So she says she's winning Gala and she is a special needs teacher at KCCL. Uh, for those who didn't quite get it right, so that is what Winnie said. So Winnie, tell us. I know this is one of the most sensitive topics for us as caregivers when we're talking about special needs. And when they get to around eight or 10, we freak out trying to figure out how am I going to handle this topic? How do I even begin to start this discussion about menstrual hygiene? I know earlier on we had in our earlier episode, we had discussed puberty and how to introduce our girls to the topic about the body changes and uh, uh, how, how things are going to be about their emotions and to try and just maintain their self-esteem. And now, there is this sensitive issue about menstrual hygiene that comes up more than once when you're just thinking about the entire topic. So just uh, guide us through for a start. How do you first explain to a girl who is a general um, concept of everything else is a bit tricky. What language do we use? How do we go about it? Over to you, Winnie. Okay, thank you, Sylvia. I think the most important thing when you talk about this topic is to first of all know that girls are girls, whether they have any special need or they don't. So we start by first looking at them as girls. And then already menstrual period is a challenge to everybody, to, uh, even to grown-ups. Mm. But then now we are talking at, about a, a girl who on top of that stress that comes in menstrual period, again, has another challenge. Probably let's talk about a person with autism. The, the, that challenge of understanding yourself, of overcoming those, those difficult moments, those mood swings and all that. So it's, it's quite, quite a challenge, but most importantly is to remember that other than the special need, the body is functioning like any other person's body. And now you treat it from that. You look at this girl as a person who is experiencing a menstrual period. It might come with cramps, it might come with mood swings. And this is added to the other challenge of maybe communication disorder, maybe social emotional imbalances and such. So very important to know, to first look at this girl as a person and imagine what any person feels about 
menstrual period. Then now you add to that other challenge. Thank you. Sylvia, I'm not getting you, please. Sorry, I'm saying at what yeah. should we introduce this topic and uh, how do you even start having this conversation with the girl child? With the, with the girl child, you start having this conversation as early as possible. You could even start at the age of six because with children with special needs, the more you repeat a topic, the more it sticks. So you see, if you start early, you're able to talk over and over and not just talking, demonstration using all the form of visual and visual aids that you can get mm -hmm. to uh, to make them understand because even when you're teaching anything else leave out periods if you are even if you are teaching a math concept you still will need to use concrete objects to be able to teach that topic so for these girls you will need even to use videos to use a lot of to even bring real parts to class and sh start showing them as early as possible so that it will not be a shock at that, when that time comes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, isn't six years a bit too early? <laughs> <laughs> six years is too early, but it is never too early to start. At, at, you, you see, when at six years is when you, are, you start teaching about body changes, even though it's too, it looks too early, mm -hmm. but when you start early, even if it is just small body changes, I'm a boy, you're a girl, things like those, mm -hmm. then to you start introducing the issue of like where these kids even when they are six they go to supermarkets mm -hmm. they go where they pick snacks they go where they pick drinks and this is other part that is so full of parts what are these you can start by even explaining just that what are these mm -hmm. and you'll tell them in when you grow up you'll get to know what these are and what they are used for you see you have started early not telling them please don't look at that side yeah Okay. Uh, they usually say that, okay, I've heard that puberty starts a bit earlier for special children. Could you, is, is that, is it uh, the fact on the ground? Now that you are a teacher and I'm sure that's something you deal with every day. I wouldn't say there's any scientific backing to that. Okay. But most of the times you'll see that, but once in a while you'll see a child who starts very early Sometimes they start at the right time, which we say it's around 13. But then sometimes parents tend to feel like it's too early because you are not even you do not even want it to happen. So that fear that you do not you wish your child can stay for can go up to 16 years makes 13 years look too early, which is not the case. Okay. So there, there's no scientific backing to menstrual period starting early for special needs kids. Okay. So is there a curriculum in school that actually just helps you as teachers on how to teach our girls about menstrual hygiene? Unfortunately, no. When you teach hygiene, you teach hygiene in everything. But now it's up to you as the teacher to go the extra mile to tutor your lesson to feed the needs of your kids. You see, like in a, in a mainstream school, you may not need to teach menstrual hygiene so deeply because these kids already understand it. They talk about it with their parents at home and they understand. 
they will never you will never you rarely see accidents in school in, in, in when it comes to menstruation mm -hmm. in mainstream schools for kids with special needs mm -hmm. there are slow processing information processing you have to teach it whether it's in the curriculum or not okay so um now when you're starting this conversation other than to me as a parent telling the child that there is there is this that you should be expecting um and, and the body changes as we had said earlier we need to be telling our, our children that uh you will be expecting this we had suggested that you could have a mirror and maybe if there is a sibling in between the mother and maybe uh around 18 year old or something like that or even 17 mm -hmm. and have the child you stand in the in front of a mirror and explain like the differences in in, in people so that they're able to love themselves expect and uh ex expect these changes and also embrace the fact that everyone is different in terms of growth because we find there'll be a girl who has bigger breasts another one a smaller one and they should be okay with how they evolve as an individual this was in relation to self-esteem uh in this same topic but then now when we're talking about now the sanitary towels the use of the sanitary towels so apart from going to the supermarket and mentioning like, okay, there is this item in the supermarket that you will come to need. And you have mentioned about um, the need of uh, using even tactile and actual, actual samples of, um, of the sanitary towels. So how do you support we should have this conversation? Okay, this conversation is best done of course, most of the kids, by the time they are coming to school, they are, they, they, by the time the teachers are teaching this topic in school, they have already been taught by the parents or given a rough idea. But most of the times I've never known why parents tend to rely on teachers. Mm -hmm. I think this, this topic, parents think it's easier done by teachers, which I, I neither agree or disagree because it, it depends on what they are looking at. Mm. So some sometimes you know, like even when you are teaching math, if your child comes home with homework and you attempt to help, is that feeling in the child that you are a mom, you are not teacher? Yeah. So the same as the same thing to the topic of menstruation. It's sometimes kids will tend to get information, this information better from the teacher than from the parent. So whether the parents are doing it at home still teachers will need to do it in school. I don't know that I've answered your question well. Well, no, yes and no, because uh, <laughs> when you say that we are supposed to have started the conversation, we are waiting to be guided on actually how to start the conversation. And actually that's one of the key reasons why we're having this discussion today. Because in our parents' uh, cocoons and groups and you know forums that we have, mm -hmm. there is always that discussion like my girl is about to start and I am scared to so if I'm a parent and you as a teacher who's already expecting mm -hmm. us to start the conversation, remember that the, the fact about special needs parenting is that there is no manual. Like we, we don't get that heads up like this is how this is done. And that's what we're trying to do here as NeuroDigest, to just try and support our caregivers and give them a heads up and just a bit of guidance for those who've gone before us and also... Yeah, sure. <laughs> Do you have to like pull out the sanitary? You know, how do you explain? Because you remember, even when they're growing up, the point of um, 
uh, going to the potty, we have some of the children, especially autistic kids, who fear it because of the fear of something is coming out of me, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. So you tell me, how do you do that practically with a girl? <laughs> <laughs> okay, how we do that? Number one, mm -hmm. the, the, the topic of menstruation is a sexuality issue, yeah? Yeah. So anytime you're teaching anything to do with sexuality, the body parts, these are my body parts. For example, you can even go to class and, and draw a frame of a person on the board. Okay. Maybe the head, the, 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 uh, a stick for the body, a stick for hands, like that. And then you tell, you, you tell kids to take turns. You give them the pen or, or the, the, chalk, the chalk, if that's what you use. Mm -hmm. You tell them fill in what is missing on the board. Fill in what is missing in the picture. Fill in one part and tell us what it is used for. So I'll come there and fill in the eyes. And I tell you, eyes are for seeing. Eyes are for use for looking at letters and I'm reading. Mm -hmm. Fill in the hand and tell me what it is used for. You draw the breasts and you tell me what they're used for. What are they for? They are for when you grow up, they are for feeding the baby. They are for giving you a good shape. You draw... The legs, they are working. So you fill in all those. If they are leaving now, you can, that's a good starting point. What is it for? What are some of the things that the most, the, the first one would be, and then now that's a good starting point to tell them when you are a certain age, remember now we have started before they even gotten there. Now when you reach the age of 10 going up, one time you'll realize, other than susu coming out of it, blood will come out of it. And this is very normal, it shouldn't shock you, but the first thing when that happens, you let me know, and this is what, even if I'm not around, this is what you do. And here we have some pads. What are they for? They are for stopping that blood from flowing down your legs. Then how do we use it? At this point, you must have a panty demonstrate the use and you never take anything for granted mm -hmm. even opening that packet of pads you, you know you think it's it's obvious to everybody yeah. it is not that is even a lesson to teach them how to open it even to how to peel how to open now the, the pad itself the, how, how to peel that that gum pad you'd never take that for granted so when as we demonstrate this we do step by step every part of doing that including when it is soiled how do you remove it Mm -hmm. How do you dispose it? How do you cover it before you draw it? And what happens if you dispose it without covering? Things like those. So you never take anything for granted. You go to every sim simple detail that you may not go with another child who, is, who does not have a, a, a challenge. Okay. Yeah. Then uh, how often, now that you say you have to do this over and over again, how often do you have to do that in class? Okay, like most schools, like where I teach, we do it once a week. Okay. We have a self-care lesson every week. Mm -hmm. But for some... Thank you. 
has going to be Like, so you're doing it once a week, you do it for all the girls in the school. If you, in your class, you have a, a girl who... Hello? I think we have lost the internet challenges, the new era. So anyway, that was Winnie, a teacher at KCCL, who was taking us through about um, menstrual hygiene. And she was saying that in school, currently they have to do the classes once a week in general when they're having the self-care sessions. And yet if you have a girl, if I was uh, allowed to complete the sentence for her, is if you have a girl that you know is on her periods, then in your class, then now you'll have to have a separate one-on-one -on -one session. I hope I'm right with that, but I believe that is the right way. Uh, what it is that she wanted to say just before we lost her. And I hope she will be getting access to us soon. And I can see she's there. Winnie, are you still there? I can see you, but I cannot see you. <laughs> Winnie, are you still with us? Hello. All right. So yes. So like for those who are joining us, thank you very much. Yes, this is NeuroDigest, uh, courtesy of Andy Speaks for Special Needs Persons, where we strive to help caregivers and equip them with skills and knowledge on how to be able to help their children and ensure that they live a near normal life to the best of our ability. Remember, we have a lot of responsibilities as caregivers, but we want to make it easier for you because like as I, as I said earlier you find that in the special needs space we never get a manual and it's not as easy as it might look because our, all our children are different all of them are able differently and all of them have their own different strengths and their own challenges but we love them the same and we embrace them the way they are i believe when i listen to fellow caregivers discussing about uh, menstrual hygiene that's the point i say thank god i have boys but although boys also come with their own pack so you have to just learn how to do it i know i wanted to request if we have any parents in there uh joining us today and you have gone through this and you would like to just uh give us a tip of how did you handle it what did you do um the house rules are if you'd like to speak and engage with us kindly you raise your hand and we shall give you the opportunity there is also the chat where you can uh go there and drop in a question if you have any question for our our guest that is winning you can drop in a question and we'll make sure it is answered and if you have any comments still the same in the chat box we'll be able to help you remember we are live on facebook on our facebook group that is andy speaks for special needs persons and also streaming also on my own personal page that is sylvia mura which your host Winnie, i can see you are you back yes i'm back <laughs> So we lost you when you were saying that if you have, you do it in general as the school during the self-care, but then when you have a girl uh, and our girls in your class and you know that they are on their misses, take it from there. Yes, you will still have to 
take them aside and explain to them. You may not even be teaching them. You may be so most of the times you'll find that <clears throat> they have understood some part and there's a bit that you need to explain more. Sometimes you'll find they have they got the content, but most importantly is to keep reminding them. Most of the most of them what they forget is to time themselves. You see, like a grown-up, you will know when to go and change your pad. But for these girls, you will need to remind them, hey, remember, at break time, after you take your tea, take your pad, go change. So you see, you know the, the, when, they, when they will need to change, because that one they might forget. When they get busy in other things, they might forget to go and change. But the changing bit, most of them get it. After you teach them, like three, four times, they get it. Okay, so does that mean, or rather, this is my assumption, like I said, I'm a mother to boys, special needs boys, so this mm-hmm. is one of those things that I believe is what has to happen. So the parent has to know the dates, to keep track of the dates, the teacher has to keep track of her dates, right? Or uh, how, how do you... Yes. So, <coughs> no, the, the, the days... Sorry. Days, the parents, usually we have a communication diary. So it's important for parents to communicate to the teacher to tell them, so-and-so today is on her lenses and I've packed pads in her bag, something like that. Or, or she has packed. Actually, you don't have to pack for them. You t- you, by this time, they have, you train them slowly by slowly to pack what they need time. So, of course, it's also important to pack like to panties because accidents do happen mm. so the parent will communicate that then because the child may not communicate that and you don't want to learn that for after she has sold the dress you no know, you want to know in advance it's very embarrassing and you also don't want them to be ridiculed by their friends mm. so it's important for the parent to communicate and then the teacher takes up from there and then at the end of the day the teacher can say that oh, today she was able to change her pad, her pad twice independently there's that constant communication, which is very, very important. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to just imagine. And then now, if let's say there is one, there is one that I always uh, struggle to understand. What about the girls who are in wheelchairs? And they can, I, I don't know, if, are they able to do it themselves? Or do you teach them how to do it? Or do you have to support and take them to the restroom when they need to change? Uh, there is at a certain point you will, uh, depending on the level of the of, of the challenge you may have to do it for them but most of them because of privacy parents organize who to do that for them like uh, that a child is carried because that, for the sake of privacy you don't want your, your daughter to be changed by everybody because these are grown up so just the way you wouldn't want anyone to see your other daughter naked, mm. still the same thing. So you entrust them with one person, and that's a person who will help you to change your girl. But even there's still some level of independence that you try to, to help these kids with. You'll want at least this girl to something. It's not you are doing everything for them. Yeah. Mm. So, internet again. 
<laughs> no worry, we will, we will make it very important. Yeah. So if, and if the internet wants to come between, we will still go on with the show. Yeah. <laughs> sure. sure. So the other thing I'm just wondering, yeah? So do you give them mm-hmm. a timer, like after every hour's check, or do you just tell them uh, you need to change after a certain uh, period of time? Just that's to prevent the accident that we were saying. Us to also safeguard their self esteem because we know, uh, for all of us who for ladies, we've been uh, sometimes it can just be an oopsie, you know, by the time you get to realize you've messed yourself. So, how do you handle them? How do you cover them to just ensure that even if it happens, their self esteem doesn't get messed up because of the incident? And do you involve boys in the class when you're discussing this? <laughs> they are very interesting question there how we yeah we keep we a lot of sense after you take your tea that makes sense and after the after lesson two that makes sense but if you say after everyone now they they may not even know what you're talking about so somebody will say oh i've just finished my tea i need to go and check i won't change or it's the end of lesson two, I'll need to go. So you use a language that they can understand. Mm-hmm. The issue of whether we involve boys, depending on the, on the class that you're, if you're, if you're having a girl's talk, mm-hmm. you won't have boys. If you are teaching about body changes as a topic in class, every member of class will win. So it, it, it's, Somehow, I'd like to throw a challenge. And also, how, how do we safeguard? Yeah, pardon? Uh, no, just just repeat that. Sorry, lost you for a second. You say if you're teaching them about body languages, the boys are there, but when you're doing about menstruation, then the boys are not included. But I would like to throw a challenge at you right now. We're talking about. Her, her periods being and the period and to cut the stigma associated with periods, we are saying that we should include boys in the conversation so that it is easier for that father to be able to know that my girl needs sanitary towels and put in the budget for the household, and also to avoid uh, what is being seen right now, where we say we are hearing that girls uh, go to ask for assistance in in, in the areas where poverty is high, that they, they go to ask for assistance to buy sanitary towels and they, get, they take advantage of, of them. So uh, wouldn't it be great to at least have a, that conversation with the boys, even if it's one of the lessons, so that they get to understand and it doesn't feel like a foreign thing, just in case they see it or they stumble upon a sanitary towel and, and or, or, or a girl messes. Growing in a community, all of us need to be aware of what's Okay, uh, I think you didn't get my point. Wow. What I said, are you getting me? Am I clear? Am, are you getting me? No, we lost you for a second. Maybe that's where also I lost the in translation. Yes, just repeat it. Hello? Yeah, what I'm saying is, mm-hmm. if, hello? Yes, I can hear you well. You're getting me? Yes, perfect. Okay, okay. So what, what I said was, when you are teaching about 
menstrual periods as a lesson in class, everybody is there and you teach all those details. But when you're having a girl's talk, it's a chance for the girls to ask you a few questions, a few personal questions. Because in class, nobody will ask a very personal question. Mm -hmm. You have taught it in class, and it's like when a girl is on her period, because most of them, we, we will not look at it as a natural thing. Remember, these boys also have their challenges. Yes. So during the time for girl talk, we also have a boy talk going on concurrently mm -hmm. with, uh, with, with all the boys. So mm -hmm. when you are teaching in class, you do not separate. There's nothing you leave out. There's nothing you leave out when you're teaching us that is mixed, boys and girls. Yeah, that's what I meant. Okay, all right. Now, at least, thank you for expanding. See, internet channel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you lose <laughs> changes everything from there. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so, uh, uh, moving on, let's just touch a bit on sexuality. Uh, at the same mm -hmm. time, when you're doing this, do you explain yeah. to them about, like, in case you miss your period, do you teach them about uh, contraception? Do you teach them about sex? Or is that, uh, how do you do it? So that they understand the relation, what it means getting your menstrual period and what effects in case, you know, um, something else happens. How, how do you also deal with that? Are you there with When you, t yes, I am. Are you hearing me? Yes, I lost you for a second. I get oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so when, when, when you teach about periods, you also have to explain, yes, why do we even get periods? Good, so that if we get to a certain age, this happens. And this is now in two things. Your body can now, you, you can now get pregnant if you did sex. So we do explain. Of course, it will be a very complex thing. And also, remember, you know, especially kids with special needs, they are very loving and they love kids. So you have also to be not you tell uh, a child who is so passionate about babies that now you have sex, you're going to get a baby. And you might think it's a good thing. So you need to be very, very careful how you explain your point. You have to follow it with another point that too young, you're not ready to bring up a kid. Or very, you have to keep off sex. We lost you, Winnie. Oh, you did? Yeah, you, you say, well, we lost you at the point you said you have to explain the side effects that they have to keep up. Was that? Yes, are you hearing me now? Yes, yeah. Are you hearing me now? Yes, I can hear you. Yeah, what I was saying is that, what I, what, very good. What I was saying is, are you getting me? Yes, we, what you are saying is, is the point at which you got signed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so frustrated. Don't worry, okay. don't worry. It so, happens, it happens, so let's just... Okay. 
don't worry. When it goes down, we give it a okay. few minutes, we'll get back up and we run with it. Yes, what I'm saying is once you explain about about periods, mm -hmm. you all explain what that means. Because it's not just a bad thing happening to you. There's yeah. what it means. It means that now you are ready to be a mother. You can and but what I was saying again is that you've got to be very careful because most of the kids in Spain are very passionate about babies. Okay. So you see, and tell them, now that you've started getting your periods, you can get a baby. You have sex. And then what that means, what have sex? So that I can get pregnant. So it can be counterproductive. Father and explain that you are not ready to be a mother because you're still in school. You are still a child. You are still living with your mother. Babies are for married people or something like that. Yeah, so that's what I was trying to explain. Okay, so let me just recap that because we lost you at some point. So you were saying that in the process of explaining that someone has the menstrual periods now, it clearly means that they are able to get children. But because of the fact that some of our special needs children could be very passionate about children, we also need to mention that they're not capable to raise children, it's not the right time, and that children yes. come with responsibilities and we leave sex to uh, yes. who are married, right? Now I'll take you to the next step now. Yeah. Discussing the now. Uh, how, do you, how do you handle that when you're trying to explain them and you've told them, yes, yeah. it's sex that can lead to getting a baby. So how do you uh, tackle that question of like, okay, so what is sex in that? Apparently, Sylvia, when you start talking about sex, you realize uh -huh. it's not like you're starting to introduce an idea or a rough idea of what you are talking about. Okay. So, depending on the age of the children you are dealing with, there's still a way you will explain the, the topic of sex. Mm -hmm. And some. Really? You realize that you will start from what they know. You'll start by finding out what they know. Okay. Even as a parent, no. Without without killing thread like you are questioning it. Okay. Hello. I lost you for a second with me again. <laughs> So, okay. Now, there was a question that had been uh, shared earlier. Are you with us, Winnie? So that at least I make sure you, you're with me. Hello? One second, let's see. Yeah, Winnie's still there. Winnie, I can't, I, can't, I can't see you on my audience and I am seeing you there. I hope we'll be able to get you back 
sooner rather than later. Trust you me, having this conversation has taken us two months to just find the right person who will give you the right information so that you are able to know how to handle your special needs child when it comes to matters puberty, sexuality, and menstrual hygiene. Uh, just to recap for those who are joining us right now, we are discussing with Winnie Gila, who's the special needs teacher at KCCL, on how they help us as caregivers to elaborate and explain menstrual uh, cycle to our special needs girls in the, in the school and how to go about it. And she said, first, you have to start very early. It's never too early. And the appropriate age they look at is starting with the basics. That is at six years of age. Remember, for special needs children, they need for you to keep repeating this over and over again for them to grasp the concept and for them to really understand what it is. And remember, side to side as you're discussing that, you shall be discussing the body changes. You shall be discussing self-esteem. You shall be discussing also the puberty process. And this is something we had handled for both the boys and the girls earlier in our previous shows. So that's where we are at. So we are discussing now how you have to really, really clearly state, this is period, this is when it comes. This is the essence of why you're getting period in the process of your body changing and how else you should be careful in terms of, as you're talking about sex, as you're introducing sex being um, something that is normal and at the same time has its side effects of actually as child being born out of that, you have to be very clear to a special child that they do, should not be having sex because they're not ready for it, they're not capable at that time to raise a baby. So I'm sure you have proper guidance as also as you're having this. Because remember, the minute you raise something that is new, they will be curious and they want to know, they, want, they have all these questions. So we are saying that you should be having this conversation both at home as the teachers are also supporting you in school. And the other thing is during the menstrual cycle, uh, Communicate with the school. Let them know that your, your daughter is actually having her menses, uh, and uh, you keep the diary, keep it, keep tabs of her dates, and make sure you pack on if it's school going dates. Make sure you pack for her a change of her panties and also a change of her for sanitary towels, and so that the teachers will be able to prompt for that time for her to change to avoid accidents. And uh, I know many parents are also wondering. Um, when this happens <laughs> and how you will know how to handle it. The trick is start early. There are, I'm sure the other question we have had um, many parents asking is about contraceptions and, and, and if it is right to actually uh, do that, like to take pills to stop the periods because of the fear of uh, having to handle that. I don't know if Winnie is back to help us with this very difficult question. Winnie, are you back? I'm back. Good. I'm back, Sylvia. Yes. You but, <laughs> yes. Yes. So, yes. so now my advice to that, it be you know, issues contraception is is very is is very sensitive yes. because it's because of cultural differences. There are people will believe in that. There are others who will think that it should never, ever happen. But in my opinion, I think that is best left to the parent to decide whether they think their child deserves to go through all these stress that comes with menstruation. And also, there's also a way, another way of looking at it. Maybe 
the, the, the challenge that the child has does not stop them from going Last year. Point, get married and get families and we lost you my dear am i back now now you're back yes <laughs> okay <laughs> okay so what i'm saying is that that the issue of whether to 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 get your child to, to stop your child's periods medically, I think it's best decided by parents. Uh, a teacher would not be in a position to decide that because of we have a lot of cultural differences and and it's not something you want to decide for anyone. But also to remember that some children may not even be so having a very severe challenge. We have had kids graduate from special schools and get married and start families. And at least I know some. So it's, it's, it's very delicate. You do not want to stop your child's life. Maybe they, they are ready to, maybe God created them in a way that they can still get their own families. So you do not want to be the one who stopped your child from having a family. But then, I, I, like, like I've said, I think the decision is best left to the parent. Okay. Yeah, I, I hear you because that was one of the questions that came in. Actually, what a parent had asked is, is it right to actually remove the womb for a special child in fear of having to go through the menstrual mm -hmm. cycle? And, <laughs> you know, our girls are very susceptible to rape. So that's the other thing that scares people. I know in the recent past with the current COVID situation, we have had very many cases of our children being taken advantage of. And I will not lie, that is a scary thing for everyone, but you can imagine now for a special child if that happens. So that is one of the very heavy questions. But like, I, I agree with you. That is entirely to the parent, but we would like at least give your child a chance to live a normal life because they actually yeah. can live a normal life, right? And also to add on that, mm -hmm. yeah, um, looking at the, the issue of rape, uh, you, when you... When you take your child through this process of removing the uterus and such mm -hmm. because they might be raped and get a child. I also look at it like the getting a baby is not the worst that can happen from rape. Mm. You can get diseases. Mm. So th that's another way of looking at it. You may stop the, the, the baby, but still there, there are diseases which scare me more than a baby. Yeah. 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 That is actually, that is actually, so, so it's a very delicate balance. Yeah. <laughs> so we have another question here. Uh, how do you teach the menstrual topic to girls with low comprehension and the non-verbal ones? Visual, visual, visual videos and pictures are the best way to teach anything, not just menstruation, to kids with low comprehension. Mm. Pictures speak, speak much louder than words. Videos speak even louder than pictures. Mm -hmm. So nowadays in YouTube, you get very simple videos that can help you teach a topic to a, to a child. But also, remember what I said in my very opening remark that repeating it, starting early and repeating, repeating is the way to go and not giving up. Like any, any other skill, even toilet training for some kids is, is hard. 
it takes up to six years and parents are still patient to keep training. It's not easy, but it happens. It, it, it succeeds with time. Okay. Right. That, that, that is quite, uh, that is also very helpful. Now, so visuals. Now, the visuals, I'm trying to just imagine how I would actually do a visual on menstrual hygiene. Is there like a link or a page you can share where we can be able to get these resources? Because I'm sure it's something, the same way we teach them uh, on their calendars and their routine using uh, the picture exchange programs, right? I believe that's what you're saying. We should do the same uh, also with the menstruation. So where do we, uh, other than the videos for the, mm -hmm. uh, where, where can we get that communication support? Mm -hmm. Now, unfortunately, I, uh, I have a kit that I use in school about, about teaching life skills which teaches all the topics in life skills, but it is, it's a box that has, it's a, it's a tool mm -hmm. that has cards with pictures and explanation of everything. Mm -hmm. Now, but we can still improvise. Oh. You can draw the pictures or you can actually download pictures. With the internet, it's possible to get many things. You can download a picture of, of, uh, of a girl having periods. You can download a picture of a pad. You can download a picture of a girl taking a shower, you can use videos and such. It's, it calls for a lot of creativity because if we rely on the syllabus and the books that are provided, you will not get that one, I can assure you. There's no enough resources to teach functional skills. So, so um, it calls for, for a lot of creativity. I, I just so wish that you actually had those photos so that at least we would be able to get a visual of how it looks like and at least a parent would know uh, what to look out for because I'm trying to imagine <laughs> various, various, like the graphics I get, it's not the same graphics someone else will get, you know, so just to yeah. find what would be appropriate, you know, when I, because I, I trust you me. Even as a menstrual hygiene advocate, I'm trying to. <laughs> and yeah, we, we, we must also we must also keep in mind that we do not have very many resources because I can tell you the the tool, the kit that I'm talking about was imported from Australia for teaching life skills. So, but still, I, I believe you can improvise. Well, there is a difference between improvisation and the actual real thing. <laughs> there are pictures, though. <laughs> These images can be very gory. So I'm just yeah. trying to think I of that one must be something that they have actually thought through. They've looked at how appropriate the, the visual is for a parent. Yeah. You can imagine the first time you see a photo of something. You know, it can do two things. You either understand or you get too scared. You don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately so. But And also to use now real things. If you're talking of sticking a pad on a panty, now use the real things, not pictures this time. Okay. A real panty and a pad. Okay. And you demonstrate how to remove the, the, the cover, how to peel, how to stick it, which side comes where. Mm -hmm. you, you never take anything for granted. Like I said, mm -hmm. everything you have to explain. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And you'll be amazed. They'll get it. 
Don't get it. Don't get it. So the power of special children is just so, so amazing. We most of the time think they cannot get it, but they actually do get it. Play your part and just like keep repeating as Winnie has said, as teacher Winnie has taught us today, repeat, repeat, repeat. And in the end, you will actually get that. We will find uh, the children grasping what it is and they'll, uh, they'll get to a point they can do it on their own. And uh, with the heavy questions, don't, don't, don't limit their lives. Don't be the first one to put contraceptions on your child and uh, yet maybe they can comprehend and, 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 you know, make some of this decision. Because sometimes it feels like we are infringing on their human rights. Uh, that is a different topic altogether, right, Winnie? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a different topic. Yeah. <laughs> and to our viewers on Facebook or also on, on the chat here on the Zoom call, if you have any other questions, kindly do post them so that we can have that discussion as we are looking at time also. And we have someone saying on our Facebook page, they say, uh, thank you very much. That the topic is very important and relevant. So that's to you, Winnie. Thank you. And I'm sure many comments <laughs> are like, oh, pukes, at least I have an idea of what to look forward to. Let let me just give you a leg a bit. Just tell us what is the what scares you the most uh, as a teacher and in in this space of menstrual hygiene and when you're discussing sexuality with girls. Oh, what scares me most? Yeah. Number one, what, mm -hmm, what scares me most is to have a girl who get her menses in school before they, when they didn't know it was coming. Mm -hmm. And then the boys being boys ridicule her and you, you know how long you take to build a child's self-esteem yeah. and it drops just like that. Yeah. It, it, it is, it's very scary. You do not want that to happen at all. Mm -hmm. Because much as boys still understand this, girls, are, they will get ashamed. Even if no one is ridiculing you, if you will still feel so ashamed of yourself and that drops your self-esteem even in other areas and you start feeling like uh, you, you you don't quite belong mm -hmm. because we, we know kids with special needs sometimes they really really love being appreciated so yeah. if you look if the boys look and snare that kills their esteem completely oh, a lot a lot a lot and it takes time to build it up again okay someone just asked uh, mm -hmm. a question how would you rebuild the girl's self-esteem in case that happens in a public place that uh, they, they end up having a stain from their menstrual period? You first start by telling them what has happened is very normal and it happens to so many people. You never want them to think they are the only ones. Mm -hmm. So you must emphasize that ah, that happens, it was an accident. And you know what, actually we call them accidents. So that, that, that We lost you, Winnie. Winnie, are you still there? Technology, technology, technology. Or is it my side? Uh, Maida, my interpreter, can you hear Winnie? Hey, Sylvia, you're not getting me? Uh, sorry. Again, technology took over, and I think it actually <laughs> me out. 
I was not hearing and then all of a sudden I lost all of you at the same time. So kindly just recap for me. Thank you very much. Okay. You want me to repeat what I'm saying? Yes, kindly, because I missed out. Yes, that. yes. I said, if that happens in public, definitely it will embarrass that girl. But the first thing you do is to reassure them. You reassure them that this was an accident and you must let them know it's an accident. Accidents, what, what is the characteristics of accidents? They don't say when they are coming, they happen anywhere and they happen to anybody. And you can even tell them it even once happened to me, even if it's a makeup story, let them know that it happens. It happens to grown-ups, not just to them. It happened to me and this is what I did. And I did not kind of care what people thought because it is normal. Yeah. Okay. Bingo. Thank you for that. Because at least now you, you it, it, it all matters how you package it as you're trying yes. to switch her up from where, where she is, mm -hmm. right? Okay. That is, that's very, very important. Now, the other thing I would like for you to just guide us. I know last time we had, uh, we had, <laughs> we had a male trying to handle for us um, the, the sexuality part, and there's some questions mm -hmm. that were a bit difficult. And I remember when you're talking about explaining the different body parts, how would you advise, other than just referencing, making sure we use the actual names when we are talking about the body parts, like do not rename uh, what the vagina is into something else that is coded within the family mm -hmm. in case you need to identify something in case something happens. What would you guide us on how to do it? Like, how do you express, how do you explain uh, these are breasts? I remember you say they have different function abilities. So take us through that, the body changes. How do we handle the body changes explanation? Okay, at, 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 the, <clears throat> at the age where you are teaching about body changes, kids, those children already are old enough to have some comprehension. So what you tell them is you don't rename anything. You just tell them what they are. These are my breasts. Show me yours. They touch. Mm -hmm. If it is the, the vagina, mm -hmm. they want to call it private part. It's okay, but let them call it by its name. It's down there. And what are the... What are the Functions. What are because every body part has a function. So you let children know every body part has a function. Mm -hmm. So you name these parts by their names, and you, and of course, as you talk about menstruation, you tell them that's a function. It, it the blood comes through the vagina, and it comes at a certain age. So not everybody, even not every small kid, will experience that at mm -hmm. a certain point. Just the way breasts come at a certain point, even this blood will come at a certain point in your life. It, it doesn't start from the word go. And it starts at different age, different times for different people. Again, they don't start comparing themselves. Okay? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's good. Okay. Sour, sour. And then the, the whole thing, there is one question about the mood swings. That, mm -hmm. of course, normally we have the meltdowns. Now, Top it off with now the mood swings that come with periods and the period pains. Uh, how how do we how do we go about that? Okay, the trick that we use as teachers, mm -hmm. that time when you know this child is on her means and you are the most friendly teacher because you do not want anything else on top of what you already know. So that is the time you bring this child close to you, you support them as much as possible. They'll get the mood swing, but you can counter it very fast with a joke and you, you may, you'll be very, very friendly. You, 
other kids will notice that you are giving too much attention to one person. We get blamed for that so many times okay. by the other kids. But it doesn't matter because it is for two, three days. Let so be it. After that, the child will be able to cope like everyone else and you won't give extra attention at the expense of the other kids. But bringing that child close to you and reassuring them and supporting them as much as possible and talking about it and how normal it is. It is just a normal body process. Just the same way when you're going to, to the toilet to pee, it's a normal body process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you, you, you try as much as possible. And also to protect this child from what annoys like if you know this child gets very annoyed by noise in class that's the time you make sure your class is quiet okay try as much as possible to give them what they need at that time of course mood swings are mood swings and sometimes when people are moody they don't even want you to talk to them but let them know that you know how they are feeling you empathize Okay, so we should be doing the same also at home. We, we have exactly. one to tell the difference of uh, the meltdowns mm -hmm. and actually when they're having PMS, right? Yes, yes, yes. Now we have a question and it says, Miss Winnie, could you kindly explain to us how to make them understand why some body parts are called private? Now this is about boundaries, just touch on boundaries. Yes. That's a very, very, actually, that's our topic about what is private and what is public. We are compressing your one month of class to this few Yes, <laughs> yes. Private, the reason, it is very important for children to know that some body parts are private. What happens when, some, when a property is private, nobody, it's not, nobody, not everybody is allowed there. Not everybody can touch it. Not everybody can see it. So, it's important for children to know that there are parts that are called private. They are called that because they need to be covered. They need to belong only to you. You cannot, even yourself, you cannot touch them in public because it's, that's not a public thing. There are things you don't do in public. You don't touch your private part in public because it is private. Mm. You touch it in a private place. Like you go to the washroom, you, you might not avoid touching it. Yeah. Mm. So there are things you don't do in public and the same thing, your private parts are private because they can only, they only belong to you. Or maybe your mom can see a private part because she is your mom. Everybody is allowed to do that. Okay. All right. Wow. And, and, and that also comes with when we are teaching them about... Whatever you do, even if you are making... About... Distance. Like distance. Who do I hug? Who do I... You know, like, who, how do you yes. allow body contact how how do you just take us through that now apart from the private yes. family, the body contact because we know there are people who could fondle them wrongly and we would like for our girls to be able to communicate that so and so touch me inappropriately yes you see now like when you when you teach about private and public we have said private means it belongs to me nobody should see it mm -hmm. nobody should touch it Nobody should play with it because it is private. It is mine alone. So if someone wants to, to shake your hand, hand is public. Mm. But your breasts are private. You explain what is private and what is public. So when it comes to hugging, sometimes it's not even who to hug, even how to hug. Yeah. Because some, 
these children, they, are, they love hugs so much. Sometimes they hug you as a teacher and you feel that was inappropriate. Mm-hmm. So you unrest it at that point. You tell them when you hug, it's not okay to rub your body so, you, to hold me so tightly and put your body on mine so tightly. That mm-hmm. is wrong. Mm-hmm. You just hug me a bit. Or sometimes you tell them you can hug me from the side. It doesn't have to be from the front. Mm-hmm. So that is one way we use. And also, it's, it's, it's also very delicate because they are so loving and they are so passionate. So you feel like you are offending them by refusing their hug. So yeah. you've got to be also very careful. That's why you tell them, ah, it's okay, you can hug me from, from the side. It, mm. it also feels so good when you hug me from the side mm. so that you don't also make them offend them by refusing their hugs. It, it can also crush them, you know that. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, you don't want them to feel they're, any form of rejection. Yes. Mm. But uh, at so, least at the end of it also, you explain that it's for their own good, right? Yes, yes. Especially and also, non-verbal, they're the ones who are mostly taken mm. advantage of. Yeah. yeah, and you also show them the, the, the circle of friends. The, there are people like family, you can hug them, they can hold you, they can undress you because they are like when you're going to bed, you need to be helped. But when, when it comes to other people, other friends, even though they are your friends, there are things they shouldn't do to you. Strangers should not even be near you at all. So there is what to do with family, there is what to do with friends. And there's what you're not supposed to do at all. You're not supposed to even go talking to strangers. So by the time you're talking to someone, oh, what's their name? Oh, you know them. Is he your neighbor? Is he your friend? Does your mom know him? Things like those. So if your mom does not know this person, it's a high time to start keeping off. Okay. So yeah. that means that means now we also have to teach them about uh, relationships, right? The relationship yeah, they have, and also the, the spaces like the toilet, the bedroom, close the door. Why you close the door? That is their spaces because that is their yes. safety net, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, right? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So, like when when you're teaching about private, that's why we tell them how come when you're in the toilet, you always shut the door mm-hmm. because whatever you are doing there is private business. So you do not want people to see you when you are doing your private thing. Mm. So the same thing, you don't sleep in your bedroom open. It is your space, that's where you dress, that's where you remove your clothes and put on others. So it's that private space where you want to be alone Mm -hmm. or with a close person who is helping you. Mm. We also don't want them to send away their moms and their aides. (laughs) <laughs> so you, you those ones are allowed. <laughs> you have to be very categorical in whatever it is. Yes. Saying. Yes. Yes. You, you, you actually have to explain everything. You have to explain what you mean by every word that you say, and that is what saves the day. That's what works a bit for us. So you explain everything. So yes, your bedroom is private. Mom is allowed in, but no, no one else. Do not let your uncle or your auntie or other people in unless mom allows them to come in okay and and we also we also we, we also know that kids may not live with parents forever so much as we want them to see the the part that mom plays we mm. also want some independence even without mom you are there are people you won't allow in your bedroom even if mom was not home mm. As people, you should also have what you call defend yourself. Mm-hmm. Servant focusing is also another topic for another day. 
No, no problem. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you very much. I'm not seeing any question on our chat. And uh, one second, let me just check on our Facebook Live. We also don't have a question. I believe now that means that you have done a very, very, very good job in breaking this down for the caregivers and the parents. And also the other thing that um, had crossed my mind was how, how do you, when you're teaching them how to dispose of a sanitary pad, do you, do you show them, do you give them the options that are available? Yes, we do. Mm -hmm. we, 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 we teach them how to dispose the sanitary pads using what we, for, because we do it in school and we have the bins in school, we actually teach them from the washroom. You go to the washroom, mm -hmm. you've removed your pad and you're putting another one. You take tissue, you roll your, your pad, the used one, mm -hmm. and you step on the on the on the bin to open if it because that's what we have you put it and you wash your hands mm -hmm. step by step yeah you, you analyze the task bit by bit task analysis okay. so yeah that's what we do but we also tell them that there are other places where you go to a place where there's a pit latrine but not we cannot assume that everywhere there's a bin so you throw it inside the the, the pit latrine mm -hmm. if there are other kind of bins that you don't step on that you open with your hands, you open, but you also do it carefully, you don't want to touch a lot of germs there, you open, you put, we, we give them all that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. I believe we have learned a lot uh, within that one hour of our session, and I would like to say thank you, Winnie, for making the time, and we are glad that you're back and fit as a fiddle, and uh, <laughs> you are able to support us through this, because it's one of the very delicate uh, topics that we were looking forward to having um, at this time. So that let's recap that. Parents, start early. Make sure your girl understands that their body will be changing, this will be happening, and do it tactile, visual, videos. Use all the support that you can. Start at home so that it's also easier for the teacher. Don't wait for the teacher. It could be too late because by if the periods come before they have the lessons and our children need that uh, repetition for them to actually embrace and understand what is going on. So start and teach them about space, teach them the side effects of why they're having the menstrual cycle, and if this happens, what will happen? And don't forget, if you're talking about sex, you have to be very clear when you mention about babies and clarify that it's not the time now for them to have babies because we have those who are very attached and love babies and you might just be introducing a new problem. Right, Winnie? <laughs> yes, 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 sure. sure. <laughs> so in light of that, be careful with every language, every new word you introduce break it down to the latter, like down, down to the last drop. The sequel of how to open a pad, how to use it, why you do what, don't forget that part. And we have a lot of thank yous on our chat and I would like to extend the same to you, Winnie. As Andy speaks, we are very grateful here at NeuroDigest. We're here to support you as caregivers and ensure we equip you with knowledge and skills of how to raise your special needs child. And I am seeing INM was saying that that was an amazing, great talk. And thank you, Winnie. And he, he or she says that we emphasize on girls today. So we need another session for boys. Um, I think INM missed the boys session. We had it last month when we discussed puberty in boys and sexuality. We were honored to actually have Dr. Onala and Mr. Mwangi Asa from, um, what do you call this, Kestra Mana. But 
not only is lost. If you go to our Facebook page, uh, you will find it there. And if you go to our YouTube channel, so if you have not subscribed, kindly please click the button and say subscribe on our YouTube channel. That is Andy Speaks for Special Needs Persons. And it's right here behind me. Andy Speaks for Special Needs Persons. You can follow us on Twitter. That is Andy Speaks for the number four. And on Instagram, it is Andy Speaks. And there you will be able to join us in the discussions about special needs policy, inclusion, what's going on in the world, in the special needs world, and some encouragement for those who feel like my child is not catching up with milestones. And speaking of which, next week, same time, same place, we shall be hosting a pediatric neurodevelopmental, a pediatrician who focuses on the development of special needs child. So she will tell us the actual right word to say so that I don't just give you the wrong thing. So that will be Dr. Susan, and she'll be guiding us on what do you expect of your child and how to rehabilitate them also so that they can catch up with their milestones. So especially for those parents with children with cerebral palsy, this one is just for you so that you don't feel pressured. And even for those with autism, if he's not talking, it's not the end of the world. We've had children talk at 10, at 5, and it's never too late. Take your child as they are, embrace them, and walk the journey. And we will be here to support you where we can as fellow caregivers and also here at Andy Speaks. We'll always have you at the back of our mind. I've, I have been your host, Sylvia Murami Chabu, and here at Andy Speaks, we'll say bye. And don't forget, self-care. Thank you, Maureen Maida, our sign language interpreter. Always, we appreciate you for always being there and setting the time to interpret so that we also don't leave up because inclusion and equity is one of the key areas that we focus on here and thank you to science tv and for those of us who are joining those who are joining us also on facebook live thank you and we hope to see you next weekend same time same place here on neurodigest with me sylvia moramo chapel until next week thank you and thank you winnie for joining us once again you're most welcome sylvia all right have a fabulous weekend enjoy the evening and don't forget to love you so that you can be able to have the energy to take care of your special needs child. Thank you.